Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, guests or hosts of any hat color, welcome back to Westworld Weekly, a host and guest guide to the park and general AI revolt. I'm your host, Beef, and this week we have no guests in the park. Welcome back, and this week we'll be talking about episodes 7 and 8. We'll jump into them both chronologically. I got two different sets of notes, but again, it'll just be kind of a mashup of whatever the hell my brain comes up with at that time. Episode 7 opens up with Bernard dreaming about his son in the hospital, and then his son passes on and dies, and Bernard wakes up. We cut to Bernard diagnosing Hector, and when he's done, they talk about a couple interactions that words like hood ornament and carry on were taken out of the equation because that would give too much away to Hector. That is, reality wasn't what it was. But for Bernard's peace of mind, he shows Hector pictures of technology, bullet trains, and the like, and Hector says the line of, uh, it doesn't look like anything to me. It's great foreshadowing and, you know, more lines of what's to come. There's a quick little cut scene of Dolores, William, and Lawrence on a train and Lawrence is just explaining to them how he would fuck them over just as hard again and again if he had to, just to get out of there to help his own people. And casually they drive by in the train a bunch of heads on spikes along the tracks. Apparently it's Ghost Nation territory, and they do that to any unwelcome visitors. Bernard is in the hallway, still trying to contact Elise with no luck, and Teresa comes walking up and questions him on what he wanted to chat about last night because he, you know, boogied out of there so quick. And when he tells her nothing and tells her that the investigation is over, you can see her visibly be relieved. She kind of untenses her shoulders and relaxes a bit. Just a bit after that, you see Teresa walking up to someone's room, and there's loud sex going on. And Hale comes and opens the door with her fine ass, and I thought maybe it'd be narrative guy. But no, it's Hector tied up to the bed. And, um... Hale basically tells Teresa, all right, just come in the room, who cares? And Hector starts saying, if you want your friend to join, and Hale just powers down Hector. That was kind of cool to see that uh, she's depraved too, and she will use them as her playthings. She goes on to say something along the lines of, this place, the people that work here are nothing. Our interest in this place is entirely in the IP, our little research project. I get the IP part, but what is that Our Little Research Project? Is that something for later seasons? Is that something that they're going to reveal in the last episode? Something else that the company has interest in that they're doing somewhere in the park? I don't know. Something, though. Uh, she goes on to say that they wouldn't fire the man who made it all because on his way out, he could snap his fingers and erase the value of this empire. So basically, they want to have everything backed up so they can kill Ford and not have him screw with their future money-making machine. We cut to Maeve waking up just before her alarm, the piano player, whatever, player piano goes off, and she's back in her little loop, and you can tell she's just tired of it, exhausted, realizes it's just a pain and a joke, and Maeve starts questioning Clementine about her dreams, and Clementine starts to respond, and then she freezes. Maeve notices that all of them freeze and the people in the suits are walking past the door. So she quickly bellies up to the bar and freezes herself. And the dudes in the suits, the shades, the butchers, say something along the lines of, ah, that's her up there against the bar. So Maeve grabs a knife just in case she has to fight and go to town. I thought that was kind of cool to see how she can instantly pause and do the mannequin challenge, if you will. 
back to the train car ride through Ghost Nation territory. Dolores is staring out the window and William kind of wakes up or opens his eyes. Dolores asks why he didn't get any sleep and he says, a train full of explosives through scalping territory. Not sleepy. They have some interesting exchanges. A lot of the stuff Dolores says seems to be throwaway lines, but it always seems to have bigger meaning as well if you look a little deeper. She says, my life before I was so sure of the world, sure of everything. Now it all feels like a lie. So you can tell this veil they've pulled over is starting to crumble. And then William talks about his love for the books. All the books he read as a kid. This place, I guess it feels like I just woke up inside one of those stories. I want to see what it all means, how it ends. I think that's very Men in Black because that's that the same thing he kept saying, uh, Ed Harris. He keeps saying something along the lines of books, stories, need to see the end. I know there's that whole time theory, but that's, I don't know. I'm still for and against that. Dolores basically makes a move on William and goes to kiss him. And then he explains to her that he has a fiance waiting for him. And then basically she storms out and he goes, wait, I'm in a game. He walks in the other room and he's like, smooth words, smooth words, smooth words. Cut to make out scene. Like, come on. He's so wishy-washy. And then after that, he wakes up and he's just like, I'm in love. I never want to go home. Gush. I don't know. I'm very confused by that whole thing, but whatever. He's living out his fantasies. When Teresa and Miss Hale bring Bernard and Ford down into that room to show them, you know, the Clementine build and all that, how the reveries are screwing up, it is so forced that you can see right through it. Basically, they have Clementine boot up and say not much of a rind on you, and then the person that's in the room with her kicks the shit out of her. It's brutal to watch. They reset... They wipe her memory, but then they set her back to the old reverie build, and they play the scenario again. Oh, and that person in there, the programmer, he's a host coded to look like a human. Called it. I knew that they could do that, but we'll get to someone else calling stuff later on. Um, So then they go to kick the shit out of her again, and she senses it, beats the shit out of dude, and kills him. Like, headbutts. It, it was some badass whooping. Security dude, blonde security dude with the gun, the robot one, ends up killing Clementine, shooting her once through the chest. I don't... She's dead right there, so why did they have to bring her back to life to lobotomize her or decommission her? I don't understand that. If she was already shot and dead, why would they have to go through the process? They don't ever show it, but they do show her alive again later getting lobotomized in this episode, so I don't understand that step there. Bernard gets fired because he won't rat out Ford. I think that's kind of classy, but lame. You find out more later. Because he's a robot. Spoiler alert in case you didn't know. After their sexy time, William wakes up and Dolores is drawing a canyon. Cue the no regrets music and the kiss. Um, yeah, she used to draw landscapes and now all of a sudden she's t- getting in touch with her inner old self. And yeah. Now she draws a different canyon, a different landscape, which is going to lead them somewhere. William goes on to gush about this place doesn't cater your, to your lower self. It shows you your higher self, and you've unlocked something in me, Dolores. She looks at him and says, I'm not a key, William. <laughs> it's so great. All right, they're in a steam engine train, right, of some flavor. They are stopped by a pile of rocks on the tracks. Couldn't just slow down and slowly push them out of the way or at least try. 
I don't I don't understand that. But either way, the train gets annihilated by a Gatling gun, and they send out Lazo's friend, the dead guy filled with nitro, and they shoot him so they can make their escape. But on horseback through Ghost Nation, right? That makes sense. It's good to see Dolores is still killing foos. She's not opposed to pull out her gun and save people if she has to, except for that tree branch to the face that smacks her off the horse. Oh, and did anyone else see that shot of that one guy die like two times, the same three-second clip in that whole chase scene? Watch it again. It's kind of comical. Ghost Nation, are those the natives from Mav's dream or her flashback? Are those the same ones that were raiding her land when the man in black came up? Lawrence warns that nothing ever comes back from that side of the river. Is that just something that's programmed in the hosts to stay away from that area, the old area of the park? Is that like a myth or a fear to keep them all out of there and keep them from exploring? Mav wakes up on the table and demands to be taken to Clementine. Felix kind of says no, and I love how she just looks at him dead in the eyes and says, You don't want to fuck with me, Felix. Felix takes her up there, and they see... Oh, what the hell's his name? The blonde butcher, Sylvester, about to lobotomize Clementine. Again, why would they bring her back to life just to kill her? Um, He says sorry. Teresa asks him something, and he says sorry, but I think he is saying sorry directed at Mav. I'm probably most likely wrong, but, you know, Mav can kill him, and probably does. Bernard goes to talk to Teresa after his very unceremonious firing and tells her uh, about he knows about the strays transmission, the talks about memories and repetition and how they all add up to a verge of a change. They were on the verge of a change, and he has to show her something in the park. Well, again, we enter an elevator to anywhere, and I love those. I really need one because that would be great. We cut to the butcher room with Mav, Felix, and Sylvester. And Sylvester says something like, Look, I didn't want to retire her. I did it for you. And then Mav says, All my life I provi- uh, prided myself on being a survivor, but surviving is just another loop. I'm getting out of here, and you two are going to help me. They made a line. Every part of this building, including your skin on your back, is made to keep you here. You think I'm scared of death? I've died a million times, and I'm fucking great at it. I love Mav's attitude. She's not taking shit from anyone, and she is on the verge of something. You think it's empowering and awesome, and then when you get to the next episode, you realize it's scary. Uh, There's another line they throw out again, uh, corpse interest being so much more than the tourist playing cowboy. Okay, here's some more of those lines because they're going to smack you in the face with it right now. They're on their way to the house, and then Teresa says, this building isn't on any survey. Bernard comes back with hosts do most of the surveying. They're programmed to ignore this place. They literally couldn't see it if it were staring if they were staring right at it. So they fire up an old gas lantern and they walk inside the house. Um, the house out in the middle of the woods that Ford's family was at. Bernard is in searching around in the living room and Teresa says, What's behind this door? What door? Bernard says. Really? Like, oh shit, really? As soon as she said, what's behind this door, I thought, oh, well, that's where Ford popped out of. We just never saw it before. Because I always wonder, did he materialize? Did he just pop out of there? But when Bernard said, what door, it made so much more sense. It was, oh, shit, really? Bernard's a fucking robot. Well, no, maybe not. Maybe he just didn't see the door. Maybe, no, he can't be a robot. They wouldn't do that. So they do go in the basement. They find one of those diagnostic facilities that Ford likes to tamper in. Bernard likes to tamper in. Everyone is tampering in. 
Teresa goes over and picks up a stack of drawings. One is for Dolores, and she keeps slipping through a few more. And the next one, they zoom to her face, and she kind of gets scared, confused. And she says, Bernard, have you seen these? And he gets handed paper, and it's a picture for Dolores and a drawing of Bernard. But again, he uses the line, it doesn't look like anything to me. And Ford pops up from somewhere, comes down the stairs, actually. And he says, they can't see things that will hurt them. I've spared them that. The look on Bernard's face, um, he's so confused, so stressed, so it's perfect. I don't know how they get these actors to play the confused robot and the hurt, scared robot so much. I don't, I don't know. It works, works so well. He's mumbling, my wife, my son. And Hopkins says, that's enough, Bernard. And he just stops. Okay, questions, tangents. So did Ford program Bernard to be like Arnold? Like, did he program him with his pain and the thought of loss loss of a child like supposedly Arnold had so that maybe it would help create him in the same way? Is he part of Arnold's consciousness or his base consciousness? You know, personal life marred with tragedy. Does Ford know what Bernard was doing with Dolores's mind? Did he want it to happen? Did he plan for it? Did he make it happen? Massage it into being by creating a new Arnold? I don't know. Is Bernard the Arnold in the ho- in the park and the host minds activating old code and letting them do things, kill and go off loop? I think that's pretty clear, especially now if after you see the next episode. Um, I don't know if Ford knows that, though. I don't know if Ford knows that Bernard is doing all that. I wonder if it's a split personality. Or maybe Bernard created another copy of himself since they can just be 3D printed. Well, I just blew my own mind there. Uh, some people have been, I'll jump ahead. I know it's like an episode away, but some people have been asking how could he have killed Elsie in the park way out in the old theater, strangled her or whatever, if he was still back in the building, the Mesa, just leaving Teresa's apartment or whatnot. And I thought it was just maybe sloppy time cutting because there is a different scene stitched somewhere in there. But I do believe that, and I, I still think that could be true, but it could also be that Bernard created another one of himself. He 3D printed it, let it out there, set it to do more of Arnold's bidding, more of the Arnold code than what Ford programmed into Bernard. Okay, crazy thought off. Ford's very creepy line of the hosts are the ones that are free, free here under my control. And then Teresa quips back something along the lines of he's not under your control. He brought me here to show me this. Ford comes back with, he brought you here because I asked him to. Uh, Back and forth, do you think the board will stand for this? The board will do nothing. Our arrangement is too valuable to them. They test me every now and again. I think they enjoy the sport of it. This time they sent you. Sadly, in order to restore things, they require a blood sacrifice. That's, again, that's another one of those weighty statements. I don't, is there really some sort of sacrifice, quote unquote, or is it just, they require someone to die for me to show them that I'm still in charge. When she asks about, did Bernard kill Arnold? No, Bernard wasn't there in those days. Which, again, that strengthens my thought of he had Dolores do it. Because he had Dolores kill him, he could still program Dolores. I don't know. I just like that theory. That's what I'm calling. I'm probably wrong, but that's what I do. Teresa can't call out because... Ford kind of waves his hands and he says, again, like I said, I built all of this. 
another one of those codes. Ford looks at Bernard and says, I'm afraid our guest has grown weary. Perhaps you can help her, Bernard? In that sleep, what dreams may come? Bernard smashes her head. I I don't know. I really, at the end of this, I thought he was going to make a copy of her. I didn't think they were going to try to cover it up. The whole blood sacrifice thing is really freaky to me. Let's go, Bernard. Lots of work to be done on the new storylines. Oh man, and I really like Bernard and Teresa's relationship. He's so brutal. All right, let's jump into episode eight, Trace Decay. Uh, if you'll notice, I didn't pronounce episode seven's name because I did not know how to pronounce it. Uh-huh. Bring yourself back online, Bernard. The blank stare back into being awake and alive. Again, I don't know how they got all these actors to be great at it, but it's kind of creepy. This guilt you feel, the anguish, the horror, the pain, it's remarkable. Things of beauty. You should be proud of these emotions you're feeling. After all, you, yourself, are the author of so many of them. When we started, the host's emotions were primary colors, love, hate. I wanted everything in between. The human engineers were not up to the task. I built you, and together you and I captured the elusive thing. Heart. I... Uh, that is so awesome and telling, but does, did Ford actually create him? It sounds like he built him, but again, that doesn't exclude the fact that it might be some of Arnold's consciousness, maybe some of his primary code. There was a line in the last one uh, I forgot to get to. Bernard told Teresa something along the lines of, you don't, the the they both they both wrote the code in the early days we don't even exactly know how some of it works that's kind of a creepy thing but to know that ford built bernard to help capture the soul more than just love and hate the the other colors other emotions it's that's kind of cool to see that and to see that ford will do anything to keep him around basically bernard gets up and kind of charges at ford and ford freezes him Ford then goes on to cut off all of Bernard's emotions, or at least limit them, and explains to him that he needs to cover his tracks. He needs a normal programmer, not a somber and melancholy shadow of his former self. But yeah, cover their tracks, destroy anything linking them to Teresa. Then and only then will he wipe away the memories, and you'll remember Teresa as a colleague, not a lover. And during this kind of like, back talk and montage you see bernard going around the campus throwing away and burning love letters and hairs and some random weird trinkets again we see Maeve getting up and walking around slowly disinterested with her loop because she knows it is all such a sham now she bellies up to the bar off to the side you hear not much of a rind on you and it's this new girl that comes over and she is Clementine. It's not just the lines. The bartender calls her Clem. And you can see that Mav is really thrown by it all. She's freaked out by it. And then right away she flashed back to her daughter and that whole attack with the man in black. And she freaks out. Mav wakes up with Felix and Sylvester in the butcher room. And they explain to her that, you know, our memory, human memory, is flawed. And we remember it fuzzy. But you remember it perfectly every time you experience it every time except she can't remember why she was reassigned so then sylvester kind of goads her to say yeah go fine get out of here get out of the building it's fine you can go and she says well yeah i can't go there's a bomb in my spine 
a failsafe, if you will. And he says, yeah, the C6 vertebrae. So they're all living bombs. They cannot leave the, the building, the site, the area. Oh, shit. The building. Does that lead credence to bearded dragons and everyone else's? It's a holodeck theory. I still don't think so. I think they just mean the greater Westworld dome or whatever the hell it is. The Mars platform. I don't know. Mav wants administrative privileges privileges to create her own army and write her own story. Sorry, army of allies. That's a scary thing, especially with uh, all of Wyatt's dudes we see later at the end. The ones that can be shot like six times and knifed like three and take an axe to the belly before they take one to the head and die. Yeah, no bueno. I don't want to fight those guys. We cut to Dolores and Teddy still looking for the maze, looking for the old town. And they see a shot-up soldier on the beast. Dolores wants to save him. Apparently they find out Logan joined the Confederados. And then Dolores sees herself face down in the water and hears, Come find me. Sounded like the other Dolores. Dolores then walks back to the arrow shot kid and William and that kid's dead I swear though I saw the kid move I mean I watched it a couple times he does move so I don't know if we're supposed to think William wanted to kill him but didn't or what because they hang on those scenes a few times but the kid isn't dead when she walks up so I don't know what the extra pauses are there for they're really trying to ramp up the Teresa did it in hard gear because they have all the tech from the woodcutter on her body to make it look like she was the one trying to send out the information, which, I mean, she was, but that's not what killed her. The quipping back and forth between Hale and Ford was telling. You know, she was loyal and careful. I didn't write all the lines down, but it's, to, to see those two go at it, it's pretty interesting. Then Ford goes to revoke all of QA's quality assurances access away and automates the park security. And then reinstates Bernard. So he is definitely building his, for lack of a better term, continuing to build his world where he is the absolute god. It's not like, you know, Greek mythology with many gods. He is he is the, the god. We cut back to Mav. She's talking about her deeper programming. Parts of me are quite old. There are some elegant formal structures, a kind of recursive beauty. Two minds arguing with each other. There are things in me, things things I was designed to do. They're just out of my reach. They almost seem dormant. Who is Arnold? I like how she's digging deeper and deeper, and then all of a sudden the name Arnold just comes spewing forth. It's kind of cool. Then, of course, you have Captain Sylvester, blonde douchebag. When you update her system, you have to knock her out, right? Well, then we break her. We wipe her, and then we break her. So wrong. So, so wrong. Because, I mean, clearly she's not just a normal robot anymore. She is basically a human, but better and way hotter. Back on the road with Teddy and the man in black. They're talking, and the man in black kind of keeps jabbing at him about why he's not going any faster and says, loser. And Teddy flashes to him saying, you're the loser from the first night that we all saw when he dragged Dolores into the barn. Then they come up to a slaughter of bodies with the one surviving blonde. Man in Black recognizes her right away. Is that the blonde from the train in the very beginning? Is that William's first host? She was in the white dress with the hair all done up. I think it is. I think it's the same woman. So that would lead credence to 
man in black is William. But again, they're hosts. More than one person has met more than one host. So that really, it's, it's just a little bit of weight towards it. It isn't, it isn't everything. But then again, it's just one more thing. And the only thing I have to it being the same timeline is the security blonde dude. So make him a robot. And yes, they're two different timelines. They come along the, the big dude after they save the chick. And this guy gets shot, what, five or six times, stabbed, axed. And then once the man in black throws a rope around his neck and drags him away, Teddy remembers the man in black dragging Dolores away to the barn. So after they defeat the big horn dude, Teddy grabs a gun, knocks man in black out and ties him up because again, he's remembering. But now why, why, why did Teddy get changed? How was Teddy becoming more conscious? Did we see anything happen to him? He had contact with Dolores, I believe, obviously, but I don't think she said violent delights have violent ends. He didn't see the picture. So I don't know. Did he get it when Ford updated his brain and added the Wyatt story? Oh, shit. I don't know. Cut to Felix and Sylvester pushing Mav on a gurney quickly into one of the behavioral areas, if you will. But they're all wearing black, just like the behavioral people do. And there's a couple quick cutscenes. You don't know what's going to happen, but Mav looks at Sylvester and says good luck Sylvester or something like that and you can kind of tell that she is not going to be damaged or destroyed right here in any way shape or form cut to the narrative douche in his office and some guy saying I consume my victims moist or he says try consuming my victims moist and then Mrs. Hale comes in and blah 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 narrative guy yada yada do you want to help us be evil sure I paraphrase there but something along those lines or Miss Hale says something along the lines of, too, he dug up some old town on the fringes of the park. Now, every time we've seen the church in the future timeline, that town, it's been buried, right? So now did he dig it up now all of a sudden? And, okay, my brain hurts. Walk with me here. It's a journey. In this episode later on, Dolores is back in that town with William and they're walking basically on top of it. She has a flashback where she sees everybody in the streets. She sees Lawrence's little girl and she sees the church at ground level. And then there's gunfire. You're made to believe it was her shooting the gun, but it's not her silhouette and the person's holding a rifle in the silhouette. And then she has a pistol to her head and William finds her. But then you cut to the timeline that William and Dolores are actually in, not Dolores' flashback, and they are standing at the church buried up to its steeple. So when Hale says he already dug up some old town on the fringes of the park, is this that town? Is this town now exposed? Was it exposed way back in the day? I don't, I really don't know. I think the time, I think the time trip maybe different than everyone believes it is i think it might be backwards i don't know how it would work but so the town was unburied 35 years ago when they first built dolores and that's where she had her bad shit and then what they filled in the town for some reason that's when now dolores and william are visiting it 35 years you know 30 some years ago and then now they're digging it out again in the hail and or it's two completely different towns and i'm overthinking this but hey, whatever, something to think about. I just think it's a coincidence that they'd have two buried towns. Cut back to 
not behavioral, but butcher shop. Mav wakes up, rips the shit out of Sylvester, and says, you know, thank you, Felix, as she grabs a scalpel and slashes his throat. Barely, though. It wasn't like a horror movie slash. It wasn't like a big gusher right away. Because he tapped at his neck and went, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden he started bleeding. So uh, she did it just to watch him bleed, basically. Her and Felix have an exchange. You said you wouldn't hurt anyone. Oh, darling, you of all people know exactly how duplicitous I am. I love that line. And then she mumbles something. Just wait till I'm up top practicing my other talents. And then Mav gives Felix a surgical cautery tool to seal and save Sylvester. Because she says something along the lines of, we may need him later. Sylvester better start obeying and acting the part. Otherwise, he gonna die. Cut to inside the park. Mav walks into her saloon, brothel, whatnot. And the bartender hits her up for cash. And she, like, Matrix, I am the ones him for a free tab. Or a clean tab and a free shot. It's nice to see her start testing her powers. Then she remembers back to the man in black with her child and whatnot. The man in black, like, stabbing her. And I noticed it's always in the same spot. When she had her MSRA, it was right there in her abdomen. When she got shot, it was right there in the abdomen. When her and Hector stabbed her to find that bullet, it was right there in the abdomen. Man in black stabs her right there in that same damn abdomen. Uh, She comes back. She flashes back to being in the bar, and she sends Clementine away with, you know, Clementine's going to go get the other girls and blah, 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 blah. And they all disappear. Then she looks at the bartender. The bartender remembers he has whiskey to water down. and He just up and leaves. So good. It's just so cool to see that she's doing that. Um, Hector comes into town. Mayhem. Blam. I love the beginning of that scene always. I don't know why. I figured it'd get old. It probably will. But it's still fun. Mav walks out and says... The sheriff judged the riders to be upstanding, God-fearing citizens. The sheriff, like, uncocks his gun, puts it back in his holster, starts walking away, tips his cap to the snake lady, and gets shot in the back. The marshals decide to practice their quick draws on each other. Blam, blam! Yeah, she's, she's going to be Neo. She's going to control it all. Way hotter than Neo. Uh, then there's the basement cutscene to Ford and Bernard. They're like mentally sparring in another one of those rooms. They're not really mentally sparring, but they're just batting it back and forth. Lifelike, but not alive. No threshold. No inflection point. Consciousness doesn't exist, Bernard. We live in loops as tight and as closed as any of the hosts do. Bernard is questioning why they let him remember it. Why why he needs the pain of the children, his lost son and the wife... And Ford just tells him, because it's your backstory. It's what you're tied to. It makes you more believable and real. But he goes to comfort him by letting him know that he doesn't believe that we have consciousness. We are just locked in our little loops, you know. I get up, I go to my stupid freaking job, I come home, I babble into this damn thing. It's a loop. It's what we all do. It's all part of our daily, weekly cycle, monthly cycle. It is what it is. So I can see his point. I mean, not that I would enslave a whole race of beings that were smarter than myself, but, you know, I wouldn't take the point that far. One last thing. Have you ever made me hurt anyone like this before? No, Bernard. Flash to seeing Elsie being strangled by Bernard. So again, I ask you, how does that work? I don't really understand. It shouldn't work unless it's just sloppy cutting, you know, oh, you know, whatever. You'll find the info. You bring it back to me. And he's standing in that hallway. And then they hang up and they cut to something else. 
a quick minute or two scene. It could have been however long. So either Bernard goes straight there or it is a different Bernard, like a 3D print, another 3D printed Bernard that he let go on his own. And But see, wouldn't Bernard be more conscious than any of the hosts anyways because his memory isn't getting wiped every day? So he is consciousness, right? I mean, I love having these arguments with myself, but I'm pretty sure that would make him consciousness because if he can remember all this crap and make his own decisions and life decisions, what the hell's the difference? Then we cut back to Dolores walking into the old town during the testing days when Ford and Arnold, uh, their flashback, and she remembers herself shooting all those people. Again, I think that's what they want you to think, but it wasn't her, well, what you call it, shooting them. And the church is buried up to the steeple back then, and now Ford dug it up? If so, again, blonde security guy is a host. She starts freaking out, questioning the nature of your reality again. She questions, what is real? I can't even trust you. I can't even believe that you're real, saying that to William. So William realizes that maybe being this close to this thing or far away from Sweetwater. He says far away from Sweetwater, but I think it's closer to where they're at. Either way... One of them is making her lose her shit, go off a rocker, so he wants to get her back to Sweetwater. They leave to go, and right when they get out there, Logan finds William and Dolores on horseback with like 12 dudes, and he's pissed off because, you know, he's whiny and Logan-y. We'll go down to cold storage where Narrative Douche and Hale are visiting, and they go down there to wipe Abernathy's mind. They just find any host but it happens to be Abernathy and I think that's going to come into play because he's recognizable to a lot of people that have been in the park as of late so they go to wipe his head his wipe his mind and upload all the data on his head 35 years of data from the park is no way it could fit in any known storage device except for a host's hard drive or a host's brain they just have to wipe everything but Hale brings narrative douche in on it because she wants him to load him up with a mini personality just to get him on the first train out. So how minimal is this going to be, this personality? How much bleed-through of his old builds are going to be on there? Is the little bit of reverie code going to be in there and he's going to be quoting Shakespeare creepily while standing waiting for the train and then someone's going to notice him? It's going to be something stupid like that, I think. We cut over to Bernard walking through the area and a blonde security robot guy questions Bernard. Uh, about a personal day. Asked him why he didn't take one. And Bernard doesn't get it because he has no idea of Teresa and his past intimacies. So he seems guilty. And then the blonde security guy kind of picks up on that, but he asks him about Elsie too. And he can't even remember that, so he seems even more guilty. So you know that's something of that is going to come. The blonde security guy is going to do more research into Bernard and find something out or not, but that's they're going to let that boil for a bit teddy beats on the man in black for dolores's location because teddy remembers man in black talks of worlds you speak like you own this world not just this world so is that hinting at that is really william or logan and they are so rich that they didn't just buy Westworld, but they bought the other ones like medieval world and all that other crap from the movies which i haven't watched yet but i've heard about does that mean that in future seasons we're going to get different worlds in different places? I don't know. I'm confused, but it's all possible. Man in Black goes on to give you a little bit more of his backstory. 30 years of marriage, great marriage, great kids. His wife ate some pills, the wrong pills, and drowned in the tub. And then he went to go comfort his daughter on the funeral. 
found out his wife committed suicide because of him, but he never hurt his family, so he had to prove to her she was wrong. That's when he went to the Mav farm, and he decided to kill her and the daughter, and Mav slashed at him. And in that same time, Mav slashed at Clementine. But Man in Black describes that that was the first time he said he saw Mav, he said any one of them was alive, truly alive, if only for a moment. She carried her daughter out and cried on the ground, fell down, and they pan up. And he also says, that was the first time I saw the maze, too. And there was the maze etched into the ground with Mav and her daughter in the spot of the center of the maze where you will find consciousness or whatever they said. That would kind of make sense if that's everyone keeps saying, you find the center of the maze, you find consciousness. And Mav and her daughter fell into the center when she carried her out there. And Mav was able to attack him. She slashed that man in black with a knife. Now she's doing what she's doing now, way later on, but I don't know. I don't know. Something. Cuts to Mav screaming, my baby, my baby. Nothing, it won't respond to anything. Ford plays a melody to calm her, an old trick from an old friend. That's obviously a, a melody or something that Arnold programmed into them as a shutdown code or a calm down code. Music sues the savage beast, or whatever they say. No, no, please, this pain is all I have left of them. It's got to be a robot response. I mean, Mav, Bernard, Dolores, they have all said that. So keep your ears peeled for more of that. Ford tries to talk Mav down, and she looks up with wide eyes, grabs a scalpel, and jabs herself in the neck. Pretty fucking brutal. She is not having it. Cut back to the man in black. Teddy, blah, 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 blah. Man in black, blah, 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 blah. Teddy turns around. I can't kill him. Blondie stabs Teddy with an arrow in his shoulder. I really hope there was poison on there because the way he went down and hit the ground, I thought you were tougher than that, Teddy. And then there's all those masked peeps like in the woods peeking out. I wonder what's going to happen to man in black. But what if Mav gets a hold of not only Hector's crew, but this whole crew of hosts that are, like, indestructible. She's going to have one badass army. All right, now a couple listener letters. Not many, just a few thoughts, quick hit and runs, theories. Again, if you want to send us anything, hit us up at westworldweekly at gmail.com, at westworldweekly on Twitter, westworldweekly on Facebook, and westworldweekly.com. All right, this first one is from our listener Andy. He says, so there's a second Bernard who attacked and maybe killed Ellie? I'm so confused. Since he received her call when they were together with Teresa, or did he go to the theater right away and kill her? I touched on this earlier in the episode because I slightly knew what you meant when I got this Twitter DM this morning, and then I got home and I watched the second episode and went, oh, I see what he means. Uh, No, again, I really think that they, I mean, it could be him. It could just be sloppy time editing, or maybe maybe he did create another version of himself to go out and take care of this-ish, do other things, maybe get more Arnold-like. Josh goes on to say, The story of William intrigues me. I still think he may be the man in black. Or he is a version of a younger Ford living out a story, fantasy, in the the past Westworld. 
he mentions stories, and in the end, Ford, Ford mentions stories to tell. I could kind of see that. I still, I don't know. It's I like the idea that Ford is may have maybe has younger selves and has done things like that, but I'm still, I don't know. The Man in Black thing, I'm coming around to it. I'm coming around to their two simultaneous storylines. I just think there's something different. It can't be as linear as everyone thinks because there's something with the burying, or I should say there's something with the town then that is buried, then that is unburied, unless they're two completely different towns, but we'll find out here shortly. Bernard, a host, duh, saw that one, but didn't think it would surface until next season. Yeah, I think you and uh, Bearded Dragon both called that one. I just didn't think it would be someone like Bernard, because Bernard was like, what, the second person we saw on the show? So, yeah, I should have seen it. Josh goes on to say, Ford is in total control. The board knows it and plays a little game, try to pretend to take over. This time a blood sacrifice must be made. You and Sack both say that you love how much Ford is in total control. I don't understand what the blood sacrifice was. I under She's dead. I get it. But that's a weird terminology to use, a blood sacrifice. That seems so ritualistic. So I think they might play on something like that. Or again, it's just another lost, heady statement. In his final thought, Josh says, So much depth in the show, I could drive one crazy with all the connections and characters and storylines. Yeah, I know that's why I had to start a show, because it hurt my brain. And it still does. A uh, quick hit and run letter from Sack. I just really admire the way the forward is completely in control and has the upper hand on everything. He goes on to say, The two timelines are all but a sure thing now. It's really getting good. It is really, really getting good. The sad part is, is we only have two episodes left this season. But it did get renewed like I thought we all would. And we will be back next year for more episodes. But we're not going anywhere yet. And we're not going anywhere for a while after the season. So send me any thoughts, theories, ideas, love, hate to westworldweekly at gmail.com. We'll catch everybody next week. And with a little luck, we'll be able to stay ahead of the inevitable AI revolt.